Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. Today is Wednesday. It is the 5th of October. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The treated drinking water of Burlington and Davenport are again contaminated by cancer-causing chemicals that persist indefinitely in the environment. That's according to quarterly tests of the water. Iowa Capital Dispatch reports the river cities draw most of their water from the Mississippi. In January, state tests revealed the river was contaminated by substances commonly known as PFAS, or forever chemicals. They were not there in June tests. The precise source of contamination is unclear, but there are known contaminated sites upstream operated by 3M, a major manufacturer of the chemicals. The Iowa Department of Natural Resources has been sampling water since last year to determine the prevalence of PFAS in community water supplies. It has found them in more than a dozen. Trees and their impact on the environment will be the center of this year's climate statement at the University of Iowa's Center for Global and Regional Environmental Research. Climate scientist Jan Thompson teaches about forestry in Iowa State's Natural Resource Ecology and Management Department. She says trees, particularly tree canopies, can help mitigate the impact of heat waves that will only become more frequent as the planet warms. So those large forest areas that are still intact are um, are absorbing water. They're absorbing carbon dioxide. They're um, you know they're processing pollutants. They're they're operating. You know, large forest areas are operating at scale as a mitigating feature. In 2020, a derecho tore through Cedar Rapids, damaging or destroying an estimated 70 percent of its trees. Thompson says that the climate adaptability of Iowa cities is tied to rebuilding its canopy. Funding is all lined up for a pilot program that will provide 110 low-income Des Moines area residents with a $500 monthly stipend. Eleven organizations, including Bank of America and United Way of Central Iowa, will invest the $2.5 million in the two-year program. Another investor is Principal Foundation, the philanthropic arm of Des Moines-based Principal Financial Group. Joe Christine Miles is director of Principal Foundation. She says despite critics who say these types of programs make people unproductive, they provide participants a greater quality of life. Children are being taken to the pediatrician. Kids are eating more regularly. They're eating more nutritious food. Um, Stress levels in the house go down. And so um, overall family life, um, treatment, communication, learning, etc., Uh, are increased their better experiences overall. Miles hopes the program will help better inform governments on how to eradicate poverty. The Central Iowa Basic Income Pilot Program will run two years, and participants will begin receiving their check in February of next year. And the Iowa Monarch Conservation Consortium says the state is seeing progress in rebuilding habitat for monarch butterflies. As IPR's Kendall Crawford tells us, a new report shows that the state established over 430,000 acres of monarch butterfly habitat from 2015 to 2020. It's the consortium's effort to combat a more than 80 percent decline of the species population over the last two decades. Iowa State University Monarch team leader Steve Bradbury says that Iowa and other north-central states provide a summer breeding ground for the butterflies. 
He says around 40% of overwintering monarchs in Mexico came from Iowa. If we can create more summer breeding habitat, we can help build up the reserve capacity in the population so we can have a better chance to withstand these these uh, erratic weather patterns we're getting. Bradbury says one of the major gains in acres was on farmland. He says they're working with the ag community to establish nearly 800,000 acres by 2038. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Can we heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network. Deidre DeGier is the Democrat running for governor of Iowa this fall against incumbent Republican Governor Kim Reynolds. DeGier often says that this election is about freedom and preserving democracy. Here she is last month at a meet and greet in Boone. This is about our freedom, access to a public education system, access to the ballot box, access to health care and mental health care services when you need it. Democracy is worth fighting for, and I want you all to fight with me. IPR's state government reporter Katerina Sestarek sat down with DeGier recently to find out more about her ideas for Iowa. Hello, Katerina. Hi, Clay. So Dejir talks a lot about what she sees as the need to strengthen Iowa's public education system. What's her plan to do that? Dejir says the public education system needs more resources to help Iowa students compete in the future. She points to the fact that the annual percentage increase in base K-12 funding has been lower in the past several years of Republicans controlling the state house than it was before. So she wants to give at least a 4% funding increase each year to public schools. This year, Reynolds proposed and signed into law a 2.5% increase. So we have to make sure that when we're having this discussion, we're not talking about putting more resources in for the sake of putting more of them in. We're talking about meeting the occasion so that our schools can perform in the way that they need to perform. And we have the resources in our state to do that without increasing the cost of taxes. Because when we when we talk about increasing funding to a certain segment, folks think, oh, well, that means that we are, are going to have to increase taxes to do that. No, we have to prioritize our funds in such a way that we're prioritizing education. DeGier says she'd also like the state to guarantee at least 30 hours a week of preschool for every three- and four-year-old to better prepare them for kindergarten. And she says she opposes Reynolds' plan to divert some public school funds funding to state-funded scholarships that families could use for private school tuition. Another thing Desir says improving access to mental health care is a big priority for her. That's also something that Reynolds has worked on. What would Desir do differently? DeGier says Iowa's mental health system is failing. Governor Reynolds led bipartisan efforts that created a framework for adult and children's mental health. But DeGier says she hears from parents who are still having a really hard time finding mental health care for their kids. She has a goal of getting sometimes months-long wait times for mental health services down to seven days. She wants mental health providers to be paid more so they have a reason to work in the state. And DeGier often shares a personal story from her childhood in Mississippi. That is a system, again, that means a great deal to me. I wouldn't be here without it. You know, my mother died when I was eight years old. I was in elementary school. Had it not been for mental health care workers and social workers, you know, I don't know how I would have handled that situation. We often talk about how resilient our kids are, but sometimes they need help getting through some of the toughest times of their lives. And I'll tell you, this is an issue that K through 12 and post-secondary college students, this is an issue that's at the top of their list. They they are self-aware knowing that this service is needed. 
Katerina, let's go back to Dejir's comments about this election being about freedom. What does she say about the fact the state legislatures and governors now have a lot of power when it comes to restricting abortion? Dejir says she would veto any abortion restrictions lawmakers send to her desk and that she would protect the right to choose. She declined to say what kinds of abortion policies she would support, saying that she believes laws are meant to protect individuals rather than regulate them. No matter where I go, I ask women to raise their hand if they've been pregnant. They raise their hand. I said, if you've had more than one baby, raise your hand. They'll raise their hand. I said, do any of those pregnancies look the same? Nobody raises their hand because they don't look the same. And so we cannot stay in the business of trying to regulate and put in black and white this process. Um, it's, it's, it's irresponsible. You know, we don't do this with other uh, types of medical procedures. Why do it with this one? Um, and I understand that there is a moral flag that people have on this issue. You know, I'm a Christian woman myself, but as I believe, you know, that doesn't mean others have to, right? My belief is is my own belief and the law should be to protect, not for me to institute my own Christian thoughts or moral thoughts and, and ideas. We, we've got to draw the, the line there. Governor Reynolds has asked a court to revive a ban on most abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy. Reynolds has said she, quote, won't rest until every unborn Iowan is protected. All right. So polling is showing that inflation continues to be a top concern for voters going into this election. What ideas does Dejir have for lessening the impact of inflation on Iowans? Dejir didn't really give specifics on that, but more broadly, she says she wants Iowans to be ready to face challenges. That's why I want to resolve the challenges with our education system and and, and with our economy. This is this is the time that we look at the most uh, fragile components of our systems and we try to strengthen them. So the time another recession comes, another pandemic, another duration, God forbid, whatever it may be, we're we're equipped to weather it. Um, but that means we've got to get things right now. When she talks about the economy, Dejir has focused on alleviating workforce issues and boosting small businesses by giving them the chance to provide benefits like health care and paid family leave to attract employees and by improving access to child care. So it sounds like Dejir has a lot of ideas for spending more money on state services. So if she was Governor Katerina, you know, would she have to raise taxes to pay for all of that? Dejir says she doesn't want to raise taxes from the current rates. She wants to operate within the state's means. But she says the sweeping tax cuts signed into law by Reynolds this year were short-sighted and that she may explore ways to prevent the income tax cuts from fully phasing in over the next few years, as they're expected to start reducing state revenue soon. Iowa closed the last fiscal year with a nearly $2 billion budget surplus, and the latest tax cuts haven't kicked in yet. Reynolds says she wants to cut taxes even more. And I've requested an interview with Reynolds, the other major party candidate in this race, but I haven't received word yet on whether she'll do an interview with IPR. All right. IPR's state government reporter, Katerina Sestarek, thank you. Thanks, Clay. You can find all of our election coverage at our website, IPR.org. This is here first from IPR News. Find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters.